welcome back to the So Many Shows podcast. We have another Sweet Magnolias themed episode for you tonight. And I have a special co-host this evening, Sabrina Harris. We're going to talk about the show and Sabrina's job, which allows her a really cool way to connect with fans of Sweet Magnolias. And finally, at the end of the podcast, you'll get to hear my interview with Frank Oakley III, who plays Coach Harlan Bixby on the show. So welcome, Sabrina. Thanks for coming on with me. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So let's jump right in to tell us about the company you work for. That's a, a good, interesting backstory. I actually was doing missionary work and mm-hmm. my job that I was at at my previous job before that fired me for doing missionary work. So my sister had been in partnership with the guy who started uh, Main Street Trolleys, which is Brad Hill. And then she called me and she said, hey, look, he's looking for a CDL driver. Why don't you go check him out? So I sent him a message. He, got, he brought me in for an interview and it was all God. It literally was all God. I was sitting there and I was telling him, you know, about me going to Bible college and doing missionary work. And I said, so before we even get started with this interview, I leave the country a couple oh. months a couple of weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And I need you to understand that. And this is what I do. This is what God has called me to do. So when he calls, I go. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, I will never come in between anything you and God have going on. There you go. <laughs> and I knew right then that I was meant to be there. So I ended up, start, I started with him okay. and then it kind of hit, we kind of hit some bumpy roads and then things started happening and we're in a great place now, but yes, okay. I work for Main Street Trolleys in Covington, Georgia, and we are doing quite well right now. <laughs> okay. So it's a touring company. Yes. 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 And tell us what kind of tours you do. So we offer two tours right now. We have the Covington movie tour, which covers all the stuff that's been filmed in Covington, Vampire Diaries, the original legacies, Sweet Magnolias. And we are loving Sweet Magnolias right now. So we are all huge, huge fans of it. So they're bringing us new things to town to be able to add to tours and stuff like that. Right. The, Cove- the Epic Tour, it is actually just nothing but the Vampire Diaries, the originals, and the Legacies. So it does everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And for everyone listening, I just want you to know that I can definitely endorse the tour because I have been on it twice. I went um, on my own, had a great time, and then when my mom was in town visiting, went back uh, to do it again, to share it with her because it was so much fun. So yeah, it's a great experience and you get to see basically filming locations from the show. Yes. So tell folks, do they, it's on an actual trolley bus, right? Yes. Yes, it Um, is. How many people can fit on the bus? 26 people is the max and we usually sell them out. So we usually have a full trolley, which is a great thing. Yeah. And we treat everybody like family. Nobody's just a guest to us. They're all family. Awesome. Like you, you know, you've reached out a few times, been there a few times. Every time you come, you make sure you stop by. And that's not like just a guest to us. That becomes somebody who's family and somebody who's always going to continue to reach out to us. And we love that because we love connecting with everybody. Yeah. And it has put us in contact with people all over the world. So it's it's great. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've noticed on social media that people like to connect with you again on social media. Oh, I did the tour and such and such. It was great. You know, so it's great that you can maintain those connections. So it's about um, the Covington movies tour is about two hours. Is that correct? The Covington movie tour is an hour and a half. Hour the and epic half. tour okay. is two hours. Okay. Okay. And you 
people get a free ride, a chauffeur around to these locations. Um, tell them about pictures. Do you get out sometimes? What can they kind of expect? And maybe maybe tell us about some of the Sweet Magnolia's locations that are people's favorites. Okay, so um, as the tour goes through, there are opportunities for you to get off and take pictures. We ask that you just respect the homes, homeowners because everything is pretty much privately owned. So you can get off, get pictures. We also do pictures and then we put them up on the Facebook page, edited and stuff like that for you guys. Yeah. And as far as Sweet Magnolias, we have the famous corner spa on there, obviously. We have Maddie's mom's house, Maddie's house, and Dana Sue's house all on there. The park where yeah. in season two, where Dana Sue had her date night with the hunky vegetable boy. That's what we call him. <laughs> hunky vegetable boy. I like it. <laughs> Jeremy, aka right, Jeremy. Boy. I think he's great, and I tell everybody on the tour about the little location there in the park. And I tell them, "See, I remember when Dana Sue was dating the hunky vegetable boy. Let me just go on and tell you right now, he's very hunky and very tall in real life. Yeah, okay, okay, so, real deal." Right. He is very handsome. <laughs> so that was on there. Let's see what else. The graveyard where the kids walked in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on there. I'm trying to think of what else. There's just so many things, like especially with season two. Well, Sullivan's, were, the exterior. Which yes. Is- so uh, Sullivan's is also Mystic Grill, mm-hmm. the exterior of it. So that is also used a lot. The rooftop was used in season two. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, you know, they're bringing a lot. Of course, the clock tower, that's the feature of all of it. The cinematography in this show is absolutely amazing. I fall in love with it every time it does our little town. Like just, I'm just like, oh my God, it just touches my heart because it has just this warmth about it. Oh, for sure. It definitely translates. Yeah. It's beautiful. So for season two this year, I actually got to meet the showrunner, Cheryl, and uh she is amazing. She is the sweetest thing ever. And she just kept saying, we love Covington so much. We are so glad that you just opened your arms up to us. This happens to be one of our favorite places to film of all time. And I was like, awesome. oh, thank you. It was awesome. It. He's very it. sweet. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. And one of the most exciting things for me when I first visited Covington, well, first of all, I didn't realize how much was filmed there. So that was exciting. But when I initially went, it was all about Sweet Magnolias. And just being in the town square, I started to think about all the scenes where they're walking across the square or right. around the sidewalk or mm-hmm. this, this restaurant in the background or this. There are quite a few scenes that happen just within the, in the square, square. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like nostalgia. It gives you this. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. For sure. I you love feel, it. And you feel a part of it. That's what's so cool. You're like, I'm right. on the set of Sweet right. Magnolia's. I'm right there in the yeah. middle of it. Yes. Yep. Yes. You know which bench that Maddie sat on. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, if you haven't uh, watched season two, you know where Dana Sue and Hunky Vegetable Boy had an important conversation on the square. Yes. So, yeah. I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's that's just awesome. So where can people find out more about Main Street Trolley Tours and book tickets, that kind of thing? So we have a Facebook page. It's Main Street Trolleys. And then you can Google us at www.mainstreettrolleys.com. And it's pretty self-explanatory. You just go to the page, 
hit the button that says tours and you choose your tour, it'll take you to what time, date, whatever that you want there. And it's pretty, it's pretty easy to go through it. Okay. Um, tickets for the Covington movie tour are $35 a piece. And then for Epic, it's $45 a piece. Okay. Anything special that people need to know if they need some accommodations? Um, the only thing that I we ask, though, is like if you're wheelchair accessible, call mm-hmm. in advance because we have to take a couple seats off for the okay. wheelchair. Okay. So you need to know that in advance. Ticket, they're non-refundable mm-hmm. after so many hours. Um, and then... Mm-hmm. I've actually watched the first time I booked my ticket, maybe even the second time you can watch as you go back and see how many seats are remaining and you can see how fast it fills up especially oh, yeah. as, as it gets closer to tour time, you know? Right. So if you, if you wait too late, you may get a ticket, but you know, it's better to plan. Yeah. <laughs> so right now during the winter seasons, we offer tours Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Um, each day has two Covington movie tours and an Epic. Okay. So, as summertime comes in and school lets out and everybody's traveling a little bit more, we'll open up tours for Thursday and Monday also. So it'll be Thursday through Monday. Okay. okay. And, um, I think we'll add another tour to each day. So it'll be four tours a day. So, okay. okay. What are some of the most popular questions you get on tours for, for any type of show that they're, they're watching or that they're coming to the tour? The most is like, were you here for filming? Uh Um, Who did you get to see? Have they been on the trolley? Uh Um, (laughs) All the good stuff. They want behind the scenes stuff. So, which is another special thing you offer, right? I mean, you have right some of that behind the scenes knowledge. Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do. Season two, I actually got to meet McKelty Williamson, and I got to dance in the street with him. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he, he directed a couple of episodes for season two this year. So I was like, uh, I mean, and I was fangirling after I met him. Now tell folks for who may not recognize his name, tell them who that is. So McKelty Williamson actually played in Forrest Gump. He was Bubba who played um, in Forrest Gump. And when I tell you right now, he was so knowledgeable and just gave us so much wisdom that night. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, for two days, I was just talking about him and everybody was like, Sabrina, I can't believe you're fangirling on him. And I was like, I danced in the street with Bubba Gump. How many people that's, can say that? Like, exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. amazing. That's it was amazing. awesome. Very cool. Well, awesome. Well, you uh, heard where Sabrina says you can find out about Main Street trolleys and I, like I said, I, I totally endorse the tour and hope more fans can keep coming and yes. seeing these really cool, cool spots. Yes, so, we do too. Well, let's just talk a little bit about season two in general. There were some big developments, some big cliffhangers oh as yes. usual. So you, you mentioned Farmer Jeremy. So were you, Sabrina, team Jeremy or team Ronnie this season? Or did it change? still team jeremy okay okay all right all right did you want to elaborate at all i am team jeremy because i guess it's a lot of personal stuff too you can definitely personally relate to sweet magnolias with life itself Mm -hmm. and having relationship troubles, not being in a relationship right now and seeing it from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. is the fact that 
you can always tell when a man is just not right. <laughs> you know, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I think Jeremy's intentions for Dana Sue are very pure and from the heart. And he deeply, really, really, really cares about her. It's not that I don't think that Ronnie doesn't. I think he does. But I think he's just a snaky person at the end of the day. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there are, you know, any opinion is fine. I, I see it on social media. Some people are team Ronnie. Some people are team Jeremy. Some people change their minds throughout the season and maybe then shifted to one or yeah. the other. But um, that's the thing. The, the story is so rich in relationships that you can, right. you can make your opinion. There's a lot to, to have an opinion right. about. Yeah. I think one thing about Jeremy, well, he was very romantic. At the same time, Ronnie did a lot of romantic things because he has memories with Dana Sue. So he brought right. a lot of the nostalgia, whereas sure. Jeremy's romantic things were very original because right. they, you know, this was a new relationship for them. So that was fun to see all the different um, romantic gestures. But I did, I felt for him when they, and again, I'm assuming everyone has seen the show. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, I'd back out now. <laughs> but when she, when she uh, basically breaks up with Jeremy, he says something at the end before he walks away and he talks about your pasture grows best where you water it, that kind of thing. And, but he, I forget exactly how he says it. Maybe you'll remember, but he mentions, and if you change your mind, I hope I'm still around, you know, yes. did you, did you see that as a way of him sort of defending himself or, I mean, I wouldn't call it a threat. But do you think he was trying to put a little piece in her mind that, hey, I, you know, I'm not going to just wait around? I think uh, for me, it was a little bit of one of two things. One, he was still letting her know, you know, I deeply care for you mm-hmm. and I still want this. Mm-hmm. And then two was men, no men. Yeah. And I think he knows that to the depth of Ronnie, he is who he is. Okay. And I think Dana Sue is going to end up heartbroken again. Oh, and no. he knows, I think, I think uh, Jeremy knows that a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a very interesting take. Well, I, I am, I am team Ronnie. If I end up getting disappointed, that, that will, <laughs> that will break my heart as well. But right now I was very excited to, to see the redevelopment of their relationship. And maybe I think in some ways stronger than it was before they obviously had issues right uh, and we're working through them so maybe this time around they're they're building upon the relationship in a not necessarily more i mean a more positive way but they're when you troubles make you stronger when you get through them so right. i'm hoping that it that 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 they have that in their favor um that i'm hoping that for them but we'll see and we just got to keep hoping for season three let's talk briefly about another couple or a couple of couples, I guess. You yes. Helen, uh, Eric. But then, let's talk about it. <laughs> then at the end, yeah, let's t- got something to talk about. The song, that's right. That karaoke. <laughs> um, but then we have that just at plot the end, twist. Plot twist at the end with Ryan <laughs> coming back and supposedly, and I, I kind of say this with air quotes, <laughs> supposedly changing his mind about what he wants and proposing to Helen. So. Tell me about your thoughts on those relationships. I think he came back at a weak time for Helen. She's still grieving the loss. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, 
that love is still there because it's been a long time love. Mm-hmm. But I think for, for me, it, it's expired. Mm-hmm. So expired because I just don't think it's fair. It's more like for Ryan, it was, I really don't want you, but I don't want anybody else to have you. Uh, type. I hear you. But Eric, uh, I absolutely love him. I think they are at, I think he just like, again, he came to serenity and found a lot of healing from his past life. Mm -hmm. Um, And he dealt with all of it and he dealt with it before he actually even approached Helen. So that was a great thing for me. I think, uh, especially even in my life with that situation is you never walk into another relationship being unhealed. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. Yeah. He did have, you know, it's always going to be that thing in the back of his mind about his past, but mm-hmm. he really kind of dealt with all of it before he approached her. Sure. And I think again, here with Eric and Helen is he purely loves her. Mm-hmm. He sees her for the woman that she is and all of her hurt and pain right now that she's going through. He sees that too. And he's willing to just, let me take it all in. Let me, yeah. let me take care of you. And I love that. I and love it too. <laughs> I like Ryan. I just don't like how he's done Helen. She's a great, yeah. great, great woman. And she deserves what she wants in life. And I don't understand. I know people can change their mind, but Ryan was adamant about oh, yeah. no children mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently they had broken things off before. I mean, they alluded to it a little bit, but when in season one, when she says this time, it's I don't know she said this time is forever or this is the last time yeah you know, when she when she broke things off because he didn't want to have children that I mean that's got to wear on you after a while right you know, so you know the high school sweethearts and then you know he decides he's gonna leave and and do all the things and uh-huh. of course you you went and traveled the world and you saved lives and you saw things and stuff like that but bouncing in and out like I, I can't trust you Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, you know, you can't trust somebody like that. Yeah. You don't want the rug pulled out. From right. Side, for sure. And she doesn't deserve it. And I think Eric surprises her in beautiful ways. Um, yes. Because I think she feels like, and I think she is very good at this sort of measuring people up. She's a good judge of character. Definitely. But at the same time, he keeps surprising her. I mean, right. and that's unexpected for her. Yeah. Yeah. That is unexpected. And the thing her. too, they relate on the baby thing. Mm-hmm. Because of what happened in his past and now what's going on with her. Like I said, he he's healed and now he can help her heal because they've been in some sort of similar situation. Right. Right. And that's great. That definitely, definitely helps make a good foundation for, for sharing and for working through things together. Another thing I particularly like about Eric and Helen is that she, I've never in the show, I haven't seen her be, as much of herself with anyone else than him, even her friends, even her wonderful friends who the closest friends ever, I think she lets down a little bit more with Eric when she's upset or angry. Right. She lets that vulnerability out. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Sometimes even more than she does with her friends. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, and maybe she will start to open up in that way a little bit more to her friends as well, but he, he feels like a very safe space for her. Yes. You, you have to have that, you know, especially when you're Definitely. trying to heal from something. Yes. So, all right. Well, let's uh, move into Maddie and Cal. 
My favorites. Oh, your favorite. Okay. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. (laughs) So are you totally on board with their relationship? Are you at all concerned about anger issues? What are your thoughts? I am. Everybody has them. And again, Cal, up this season, you know, he reveals, oh, I have this issue. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've spent this time working through it. Right. So, and I think Maddie brings out the best in him Mm -hmm. as far as being able to deal with that side because she's so tender and she's so loving and caring about everybody around her. And that's a good quality to have. Yes, sometimes it can get you hurt more than others. Mm -hmm. I attest to that. Mm -hmm. But... I'm I'm not concerned about the okay. anger issues with Coach Cal. The last episode, of course, where he, I don't hold it against him at all. He mm-hmm. was protecting everyone. Mm-hmm. Multiple people, yeah. Or some fan of his who was going crazy and out of his mind, you know, and he felt like it was his responsibility. He brought it there because they were coming to see him. And then he thought, okay, you know, I'm trying to keep at a minimum here with the anger, but since you came for me and now you're trying to affect everybody else around me, I'm going to do what I know to do. And that's protect everybody. I love. Okay. 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 And the relationship within itself, them two, I think it is just, it's, it's awesome. Again, this is another guy who just purely loves her for who she is, all her hurt and pain He's taken on not only her, but her kids and their issues. And he is really doing the stepdad thing with all of the kids. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that is great because obviously Bill has bigger things on his hands right now. (laughs) He's got other problems um, to deal with. His problems keep adding up. They keep appearing. We keep hearing about So I think they're great. Awesome. I think they'll overcome whatever sort of there is from this. Mm-hmm. Do you, there are some theories out there that, um, that Mary Vaughn may have sort of initiated or set up this confrontation with this fan. Do you, does that cross your mind at all? Or do you think that's just too far fetched? She's sneaky and she's <laughs> one of those people that <laughs> she is one. Uh, Mary Vaughn is very money hungry. Um, mm-hmm. She wants uh control over everything, everybody, the whole town, you know, the only thing she doesn't realize is that things are evolving quickly for you and your husband. Yeah. And it's not going to end well. It never ends well for people who turn out to be like that. We already know that. Um, She's sneaky though. And she's willing to do whatever it takes to stay in the spotlight that her and her husband are in. And (laughs) she's sneaky and she's willing to do whatever it takes. And and I don't put it past her. I was going to say the same thing. I don't, I don't put it past her. It's not something that came to my mind right away. But then when someone, you know, mentioned it, I think on Facebook and one of the groups, I was like, oh, hmm, that would be interesting. But my gut is that it's that she's not involved in it. If I had to, you know. Yeah. I mean, it didn't trigger me right off. So no. But then again, you know, they always come out the box with a plot twist. So <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. They do. They do. Now, another thing I, I enjoyed about Cal, particularly this season, is that we, it wasn't just the the hunky romantic night on the white horse kind of thing, which was, a, was great last season. She needed to, to yes. be, you know, swept off her feet. Yeah, yeah. swept off her feet. Um, but I, I love that we got to see 
more of him in just regular life. Like you said, helping with the kids and he can, he talked to her about her issues with forgiveness, you know, and they're kind of, they're helping each other. It's not just about him, you know, rescuing yeah. her or sweeping her off her feet. Um, there's a lot of back and forth and that we got to see a little bit of a lighthearted comedic side of him. I thought that was yeah. fun. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yes. He's his, great. His interactions with Dana Sue and the restaurant, how excited he got things like that. I thought that was fun. So speaking of Cal, baseball coach, we have assistant coach, I guess, I guess actually we don't really know whose roles are what now at the end of season two, but we meet Harlan as the assistant coach, assistant coach to Cal. What were your first impressions of coach Harlan. I've thought about this all day long and you know I think I've seen Harlan you know we've seen Harlan a little bit more this season and who he is Mm -hmm. but I think he's always been a very genuine person. I think Harlan also has become a side of Cal who talks him down Mm -hmm. Yep, and he um that's kind of like okay he really is talking me down, you know, pay attention to him, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as the guy who is like, I'm, I'm going to be sneaky about this friendship railroad right. him and take his job. That's right. not what he wants. Mm-mm. He truly wants to be a friend and he's loaning that, that ear and that support out to him. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, that's just his other go-to person to listen to him and say, okay, you need to kind of calm down in this situation. Yeah. You know, always in the background, uh, Cal, calm down. Sometimes it's just a look he gives him like, like, chill yeah. Out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so the coach is still his kind of like voice in the back of his head, you know, right. calm right. down. I think one thing that especially endears me to Harlan is he's very forthright and uh, not afraid to just be straight up honest because I remember in particular the scene in season one where Mary Vaughn was trying to accuse Cal of giving preferential treatment to Ty and he shouldn't right. start in the game. They brought the principal in and and so Cal says, hey, well, just pull me out of it. Ask Harlan, let him make the decision. And it, he really didn't skip a beat. He said, let Ty start because he, I really believe he felt like that was the best choice for the team at the time. You know, he didn't try yeah. to be political or think, well, the mayor's wife wants this or, well, I'm trying to help Cal. You know, he just... He just was very forthright about what he thought was the right thing to do. Right. And when you're in, in, in real life and you're coaching, that helps the children a lot more to see a more person, a person who, a coach who can be versatile, you know, I'm not the hard decisions too. Right. I'm not just ting so-and-so. Right. I'm going to make the right decision for the, the team, the coaches, the students, the parents, the county, whatever, he's going to make the right one. And I truly believe that because he's, he's such a genuine person. I love his character and the honesty that he gives. I love that. And he's very heartfelt too, at the same time. So he's a great guy. I want to see more of him. I was going to say, if we, if we get a season three, I'm going to assume that we are because I just want it so badly. Right. Um, what, what would you like to see maybe with some character development with him or a storyline that you might like to see him in? Is there anything that comes to mind for you? I want to know his backstory. I want to know like where he's headed, where he wants to head to. Is he always wanting to continue to take a back seat to 
Coach Cow, or does he does he genuinely want to move up in his mm-hmm. position? Mm-hmm. Because coaches do fight for the head coach position. Right. But I think him and Cal make a great team together as oh, far yeah. as coaching the team and being there for the kids. Mm-hmm. I and love how Harlan knows things that Cal doesn't know. Cal has major league baseball experience, but Harlan has the experience of coaching in a high school setting. You know, right. so he he can sort of got he's sort of a mentor. And I brought this up in the interview with with Frank. In some ways, Harlan is mentoring Cal as much as Cal might be mentoring Harlan. Right. I like that back and forth. I think that's Well, the thing too, Harlan has is background with a town. Yeah, the town, right. And Definitely. knowing the people and how people are. And of course, Mary Vaughn and, yeah. you know, how she's always been. So he he has that that background with them and, and knowing how they are and can get. And in a small town, we all know football and baseball become <laughs> an issue. And, you know, they want to all be the champions and stuff like that. But sure. I think the, t- the coaching dynamics between the two of them are very balanced with each other. And they bring out the best in each other. Mm-hmm. I agree. Sure. I particularly, one thing I thought was really funny and he, he does have a good sense of humor, kind of dry and like just gets little, little jokes in here and there. But when they're going into the school board meeting and he, you know, Cal's like saying hi to everybody and stuff. And he's like, don't poke the bears. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and Cal, Cal's like, what, you know, and, and as soon as he says that, you know, people start yelling at Cal and complaining yes. about him and stuff, you know, and it was, it was, it was funny how Harlan knew Really, just yeah. go in there. Don't look at anybody. Don't say anything. Just go right. sit down. Like I said, that backstory with everybody in town, he knows it. He knows. He knows. Yes. Well, well, folks, that is the many, some of the many things we like about Harlan. And we want to have you enjoy hearing from Frank Oakley third himself talk about his character. He's got some great insights for us. And thank you for hanging out with us tonight. We'll be back with some more episodes. So on with the interview with Frank Oakley III. Bye, guys. Bye. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this. I'm excited and I appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's just jump right in. I, I usually like to find out if, did you audition for the role that you play? Did you audition uh, for Harlan? I did. I did. Okay. I, I, I auditioned for Harlan as well as another character as well. Okay. Can you reveal that? Yeah, I think it's fine. It was for Chef Eric. Oh, okay. That was, that was actually the original audition uh, uh-huh. role. Okay. Um, so yeah. And then Harlan was added on like the day before. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah when I spoke with Sean Passwaters a couple of weeks ago and had auditioned for a different character as well, and then ended up getting his role. So it's just always interesting to me how the things come about, you know? Yeah. So, so very good. Well, I, I'm glad we have you on the show. Your character is very likable. Thank you. So I have to wonder, <laughs> is something going to happen down the road and we're going to get mad at him? You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> well, have you ever worked in Covington before? There's so much filmed there. I'm just curious, were you new no. to the town? Uh, this was, I, I don't, there, there was um, a baseball field in first season that was about maybe 10 to 20 minutes from like Covington Square. Okay. Um, that's, I think that's the closest I've got to actually filming in actual Covington, but everything okay. else has been mostly kind of like in um, Decatur or Atlanta. Okay, sure. Okay. 
Very good. Well, I have to ask why Harlan wasn't with the guys playing basketball. Now, I know everyone doesn't play basketball necessarily, and maybe he's too busy changing diapers. (laughs) Why do you think we didn't see Harlan in those scenes? There is an actual legit reason. Yeah. Um, And this is actually my first time, like, kind of talking about it. But originally, uh, I was supposed to be in that scene, and we actually had a death in the family during that time. Okay. So um, that's why I wasn't in there. I understand. Well, so sorry about that. So, well, if we were hoping for a season three and we'd like to get you, they're calling them the sweaty magnolias. I think maybe (laughs) Cheryl coined that phrase. So uh, we need to get Harlan in in with that group. So he would love to get in and hoop a little bit. Okay, nice. (laughs) Obviously, you work a lot with Justin Bruning, Cal's the character of Cal. So did you guys just I'm just curious how you guys work together. Do you have any certain way that you approach scenes? Do you rehearse together or apart or anything you want to share about that? Yeah, Justin, actually, and I don't, I actually don't talk about Justin enough as I should. (laughs) Um, He is just really awesome. When I first met him, he's extremely easygoing, very easy to talk to, very likable. And he actually taught me a lot within the first season and the second season of just kind of like relaxing and just being yourself and not worrying about being so like perfect or whatever. Okay. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot from him. And sometimes we would just run scenes like right before, or we might be outside of the trailer and running lines. Uh-huh. Um, it's very like a lackadaisical, not in like a lazy way, but just kind of right. like two guys hanging out and just chilling. Sure. So, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. That, I mean, sounds like that would work really well. A lot of flexibility. Yeah. Like and he's, it. and he's very giving too. like, yeah. um, one thing that I, that'll always stick with me forever about him mm-hmm. is in the first season when we were doing the, I think it was, I want to say it was episode four when we were going inside the school building yes. and I'm like, Hey, good, good morning. I do mean good given the night you just had. <laughs> and that scene, he was just like, I'm going to try to like, you know, put more attention on you. So like you can get some more camera time and he didn't have to do that, but just Aww. little stuff like that. He, yeah, I, yeah, Justin, oh. he's, he's a solid dude. Oh, he made a good choice because that scene played really well. And it, it did kind of highlight something I was going to ask about is, you know, some of the main differences between them in their working relationship. Like Cal is sort of a, he's a newbie. He is mm-hmm. when it comes to coaching high school. You know, he has the major league baseball stuff, you know, in his corner. But as far as like the politics of, you know, being at a school and maybe even working with teenagers, in some ways it feels like Harlan is kind of mentoring Cal. Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's kind of fun. You know, you got the head coach, assistant coach, but it's like, you know, it doesn't really matter. They, uh, they both, they're both helping each other out. So do you, do you agree or do you think that they make a good team, a good balance? Oh yeah. It's like, you know, peanut butter and jelly almost not to sound too cliche, but it really is. Or maybe like peanut butter and some other condiment that you could put on that you don't think would be a good mix, but when you eat it, you're like, this is not bad. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to think about that one, but yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. So you had mentioned, I think on maybe Twitter, Instagram, one of the socials about good cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember kind of giving an answer for that. I don't know what others you may have received. What's your answer? Who's the good cop, bad cop in between the two? I think it switches from student to student in situation to situation. But uh-huh. I think overall, I think by default, Harlan kind of has to be the bad cop just to okay. kind of give just to give Cal a little bit more leeway to like figure things out. OK, OK. All right. 
and he knows what's up too, like the yeah. school board meeting. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of has to send some of the tough messages, I guess, sometimes, you know, yeah. when, when he's not figuring it out. So speaking of this, that school board meeting and then the other one, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched, where Cal gets fired from coaching. Now, I know this doesn't always happen in professional sports, maybe even in high school sports. What do you think are the odds of Harlan stepping in as head coach? And how would he feel about that? Frank, the actor, has no idea because right. funny story, <laughs> literally that day when we were filming the scene where I'm coming out again, spoiler alert for anyone, you know, watching uh, later, we're coming out the school board meeting and I asked Cheryl, I believe, and I was just like, so do I have my job after this? And she wouldn't tell me. She was just oh, like, okay. she was just like, I, we want you to not know just as much as the audience does. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. So Frank, That's, the actor doesn't know, but yeah. I would I would say that Harlan, I could easily see him stepping up and in, in, in taking that 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 position, because in some of my backstory that I made up for the character, which isn't necessarily canon in the show, it's just something I did to kind of help me prep. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he's he's done this a couple of times where he had to be the head coach when another coach is filled out or left out. OK, so yep. um, this is a new territory for him. OK, OK. And when it comes to Harlan's personality and his beliefs, is do you. Hoping we get a season three, would could you foresee Harlan like helping fight for Cal, or is he going to just stay out of it and just kind of you know be neutral? I can totally see Harlan definitely helping Cal out. And that's kind of their relationship where he's always going to kind of help pull him out the muck, but I don't think he's going to necessarily let him off the hook with certain things because okay. I see I see Harlan's relationship with Cal as a one of like accountability. Where it's yeah, like you can yeah. see it a little bit in mm-hmm. the episode where he's slamming the, the yeah. stuff down. I'm like, hey, you need to chill out. You need to relax. Like, right. he's there to help, but he's also like there to like help hold him accountable for some of the things that he's doing to be a sure. you know good friend. So yeah. yeah, okay, all right. Well, that that makes sense. What would you like to see if if there's a season three again? Very hopeful, like a future storyline for Harlan. I would like to see your role grow. It grew a little bit in season two, and I'd like mm-hmm. to see it grow even further. What kind of ideas do you have floating around your head that you think would be great? I would love to see him be more involved with the community. Uh Um, He's already like really involved and cares about the students, but I want to see him like, I wouldn't mind seeing Harlan run for mayor. I I, I can see Harlan. I can see Harlan running for mayor. I like that. I like to see that. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's a very, I, I like that. I'm glad you put that out there and I hope people are listening. That's could be, could surprise folks, but be a very good choice. Yeah. Now, are we going to, do you think we're going to meet Harlan's family ever? Or are we just going to hear I'm about hoping his wife? So. Okay. I'm hoping so. We need to see Carla and the baby girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I certainly am for that. Now, speaking of Harlan being very likable, easygoing guy, help, helps Cal remain accountable and so forth. Is he ever, if he's ever going to have a serious conflict with someone, Harlan, like, you know, you don't always see the good sides of everyone. Everyone has some, you know, flaws or things mm-hmm. they disagree about. If he's going to have some type of conflict with someone in the future, what kind of scenario might it be? Like, what's going to flip him and get him really angry or into action? I want to say, I think it would be a circumstance from somebody who's an outsider that can kind of get him maybe uh, agitated. Like if, or if someone like tries to, you know, disrespect his family or his child or some of his friends or loved ones, mm-hmm. students, one thing that I think could be interesting, and again, this isn't me trying to like write anything or, you know. Oh, I know. It's just fun to, fun to think about. Yeah. 
But one thing I would I think would be really interesting to, to see Harlan either stumble through or help somebody else through in the community is dealing with like just some racial issues and not trying to like shoehorn it in there. But like, you know, most small towns like Serenity, which, you know, the show has done a great job of, you know, having a lot of diversity. That's that right. seems natural and not like forced. Right. But sometimes you're, you're going to be one of few, you know, maybe African-American people in a situation. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how would Harlan and Chef Eric, you know, deal with that? Or Harlan, Chef Eric and Heather may deal with that on their personal, you know, with their own personal yeah. thing. Because I mm-hmm. see in a lot of their circles, when you look at each three of those characters, they tend to be the one of like maybe one or two Black friends in that mm-hmm. circle with their good mm-hmm. friends. So it's just like, and I know my experience being, you know, experiencing that is kind of like, you do have to do certain self-care things to to like refuel yourself, to energize yourself, to get through some of that sometimes. So right. I think it can be interesting to kind of see how he may navigate through that or help others navigate through that. Okay. Okay. I agree. That w- that would be interesting. And I could definitely see him helping someone out with that being a resource. But then again, we got to have people that are helping Harlan too, when he has, and, you know. And that's the thing my wife actually brought up. She was just really? like, Harlan is a really good friend and a really good like mentor to people, but like who's filling him up? And I'm like, exactly. that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. I did a, a post about the Trotter character last year. And that was one of the things I mentioned with him because his character is so positive, encouraging other people mm-hmm. and everything. But I was like, same thing. Who's going to help Trotter? What is he going to face and who's going to be there you know, for him? So likewise with Harlan. So we, we got to see the, the full picture and, and make sure he's getting the love. Yeah. Too, and, and the accountability and so forth. So what was it like? Maybe just give us a little bit of background on filming the baseball scenes, the various mm-hmm. ones. I mean, you're outdoors, mm-hmm. you're in Georgia and you have the heat. I think both times you guys have filmed in the summer. Is that correct? Both uh, the first time was in the summer, like July through like mid-October. And then oh, into fall. Okay. Season, it was like spring. So it was like kind of. April to July-ish. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. And of course, uh, you live here, so you know how yeah. the weather can be crazy <laughs> one day and then cool and hot, raining. So, but a lot of those scenes were sunny, so I'm imagining it was hot. How do you, how long do those types of scenes take? And how long are you out there? And how are you staying, trying to stay cool or stay healthy, hydrated, that kind of thing? It depends on the day and, and what the schedule looks like, mm-hmm. uh, but they definitely do a good job of making sure if we're going to be out there for long periods of time, we're hydrated, umbrellas, staying okay. in the shade if we need to. So they're, they're taking care of us, but okay. it, it definitely depends on what the scene looks like for that day of how long we're out in the heat. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a sweater no matter what. It can be like <laughs> 60, it can be like 20 degrees outside and I'm sweating. So yeah. I'm going to okay. sweat regardless. So okay. okay. <laughs> But it, they take good care of you. Sounds oh, like. yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, what about, let's talk a little bit about Harlan's wardrobe. We, we don't really get to see his personal <laughs> style. You know, he's usually got the teacher gear or the, you know, the coaching gear. What do you think of that clothing? Is that stuff you would wear, you know, oh, anyway? Yeah. And, and then what might he wear in a more social situation, you think? So he, Harlan, like I, and I tell every uh, wardrobe artist that I get to work with, like they always dress me way better than I would in real life. Like I'm usually a t-shirt and sweatpants or basketball shorts kind of dude. So they always have me like suited and booted to the like, so much so that I had to buy a pair of uh, Banana Republic pants 
Yeah. Because uh, my wife was like, Frank, you need to get those pants. And I'm like, all right. Oh. Well. So <laughs> I awesome. do have a pair of pants from season. It's not from season one, but the same pair of pants that I was able to buy in the yeah. store. Yeah. But yeah, his his wardrobe is very nice. I would absolutely wear it in real life because it's much better than the stuff that I wear half the time. <laughs> <laughs> so if he's going out to the club or something, I don't I don't even know if Harlan would do that with his his leisure time. But if he were going to be a little more outside of the work casual, what, what do you think he would wear? Knowing him, he'd probably be low key with his appearance because I could okay. see Harlan being a real classic dude where yes. he's not okay. like super duper fancy, but it's like that classic casual. Or if he is super dressed up, it'd be that, you know, casual tuxedo type of thing. So it depends. But okay. more than likely, Harlan is a dude that you call when you might have had too many drinks. Like, hey, can you come pick me up and take me home? <laughs> yeah. Fine, whatever. Right. <laughs> He's going to be coming in to rescue you. So, all right. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit. I sure. watched Underground Railroad, and I, I know that you were in, in that series, as well as Lorraine Cooper. Just can you tell me a little bit about your experience of stepping into that world it was so authentically you know the imagery and everything and the setting and just sort of stepping back in that and just work working in a role where you know you were a character that was sort of under the premise I use air quotes of of being freed but yet they're doing these awful experiments on the men and also the women so it's you know it's just like the rug being pulled out and there's just a, a lot of horrors you know from our yeah. history just how do you immerse yourself in that and take care of yourself at the same time the the uh set decor uh artists as well as barry the director mm -hmm. um and the costume uh you know artist as well they did a phenomenal job to the point where it made getting into that extremely easy okay um like literally i remember one of the first days we filmed it's it's the shot that's in the teaser trailer where the three of us are walking down that yes. dirt road mm -hmm. they that was in savannah mm -hmm. and they like put all the dirt and all that on the ground and literally when we're in the transpo van coming up and we're getting out and we're looking like it you, you just feel it as soon as you get out it's just wow. this heavy okay. this heavy feeling so like literally just lending ourselves to the space around us uh -huh. It made it like super easy to get into it. So it wasn't a, it wasn't like any prep or hard work I had to do <laughs> to get into yeah. this, feel that energy around you. And okay. It was so everything. vivid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what was it like working in, in that storyline? Um, were you completely knowledgeable about, you know, those types of experiments and things going on, or did you learn anything throughout working on the series? Yeah. So with that, I definitely have, you know, known a lot about some of those things and it didn't directly say it was a Tuskegee thing, but it was definitely right. like alluding to that. Yeah. And, um, and I would not be surprised if I had people in my family, uh, especially probably on my dad's side, because, you know, he's a little bit older um, that he probably definitely, you know, grew up around that time where I knew a lot about that kind of thing. So it, it, it wasn't necessarily like relearning stuff, but just the different nuances and seeing how the tactics looked back then versus how they may look now if we were still set in that same time period. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it, it was, yeah, it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, um, it was just interesting, I think, yeah. to, without having all the words to explain, because sure, a lot of it's sure. just a, a gut feeling where you're just like, right. Yeah, you just it just makes you fortunate that you weren't in those times when that kind of stuff was going on. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Now let's shift gears again okay. to your Frozone spoofs. How did that come about? <laughs> and tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. Sure. So the Frozone thing, the first one I did was just me reenacting the scene from the first Incredible. Yeah. Uh, like where's my super suit yeah and it was just something that like i've seen before a million times like everyone else and i just love it so i was just like i'm bored and i'm gonna just set up my camera and just reenact it just for fun i wasn't even gonna yeah. post it at first but <laughs> i decided to and it ended up getting like i got to look on my youtube channel but i think i like 22 or 44k views wow it's insane it's and then, so funny <laughs> And then the the follow-up one I did, called, I titled it Chilling with Frozone. It was actually inspired, uh, me and my wife, we were driving to Barnes & Noble. And yeah. uh, we get out, and I get out the car, and I step on a piece yeah. of gum. And I it's saw, sticky, yeah. and it's gross. And, <laughs> and I was just like, uh, and then I looked up when I got home how to get, you know, gum off your shoe without, like, tearing it up or anything. Yeah. And I saw ice was one of the things. And I was like, uh, wouldn't perfect. it be funny if, like... <laughs> Prozone, you know, if he had gotten to this big situation and yeah. literally his powers is the thing that could do it. So that's literally the inspiration for that one. That's and, perfect. Um, and then that's as far as my uh, YouTube channel, it's just primarily I do mostly my I'm going to be Frank series on there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and for anyone who's listening, um, it's just a series that I created back in, I think, maybe 2018 of okay. me just sharing things that I've been through or struggles yeah. and mm -hmm. hopes to like hopefully encourage someone or give them some type of tools or resources and mm -hmm. I'm still still making them so yeah yeah no I, I subscribe that's good stuff it's good material <laughs> and, and it's helpful I, I like what you're putting out there any other projects that are coming out or that you're working on that you wanted to share so I recently did a episode of the wonder years and that was really awesome it was episode mm -hmm. five called the lock-in where I played the pastor of the church Okay. And we were conducting a lock-in for the kids and some things go crazy. Oh boy. And, uh, <laughs> as they do with kids. Yes. Uh, so that was really fun. And I actually just wrapped up, when was this? I want to say Sunday, this past Sunday, I just wrapped up uh, filming uh, for a film that's coming out that I can't talk about yet, sure. but I am, ex I'm so excited for it. It's going to be uh, really good and I got a okay. chance to play a role that I don't normally get to tap into a lot so yeah I'm really excited to share that one when I can okay well you have to come back and talk to us about it That's absolutely really cool. I'll be glad to well we like to end interviews usually with something kind of fun lighthearted. okay so I'm going to give you a, a list of things one at a time and I just want you to decide whether you think you Frank would be better at this task or this scenario or Harlan. So you're okay. going to either pick Harlan or Frank. So poker, who's going to be better at poker, Harlan or Frank? Probably Harlan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about completing a craft project with instructions? Harlan, for sure. Harlan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Baking a birthday cake. Hmm. I'll say Frank on that one. Okay. All right. Got no. some baking skills. I like it. <laughs> we, we can't give Harlan all the credit, you know? Right. <laughs> Responding to an emergency, like you're in the store and someone yells fire, who's going to respond most effectively? I think by default, I would just because okay. I actually trained uh, to be a first responder or not first responder. Well, it's kind of first responder. When I was personal training, I had to get CPR, first aid certified sure. and all that. Okay. So okay. naturally, I think my default would do that. Got it. How about, uh, and maybe I should ask your wife this one. I don't know. <laughs> Planning a date night, Harlan or Frank? I would have to probably say Harlan. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Um, now this one I think should be obvious, but I have to ask maybe who knows babysitting. Probably Harlan. Okay. Keeping a secret. Frank, for sure. Like it. Fishing. Harlan. Okay. And then the last one, who's the best binge watcher? Oh, Frank. Frank. Oh, so yeah. Frank does some binge watching. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for exploring your character some more and spending some time with me. I know the fans will really enjoy hearing more about Harlan and Frank. And uh, it, it was great. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tracy. And right. anytime you want me back, I'd be more than glad to come back. Okay. That sounds wonderful. You take care. Bye. Right, you Bye.